Okay, everyone, if I can have your attention once again, we're getting ready for the final hour where we're going to put some things together. And for this particular session, we are focusing on ministry. Jesus loved to minister to people. I mean, that was his passion in life. He mingled with people for a reason, not just because he liked to go to parties, not just because he wanted to go hang out with people. I mean, he had a specific purpose. What was his purpose? To save souls. That's what it says in Luke chapter 19, to seek and to save the lost. That was Jesus' specific desire and his plan. So he mingled with people and he showed sympathy and he ministered only because he wanted them to be saved in the end. Let's open our Bible to John chapter 2 and we're going to look and see how Jesus put this into action and how he would mingle with people, how he would show sympathy and how he would minister to their needs. In John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, you read about the story of Jesus working an amazing miracle where? At a what? At a wedding. Jesus was there at a wedding feast, and he worked a miracle. He was meeting a specific need of those people, was he not? What kind of need would you say he was meeting? What need was there that Jesus met? What? What's that? Yeah, they needed juice. I mean, they need they needed some something to drink. So he was meeting a a felt need, and it was a social need, wasn't it? I mean, it wasn't necessarily physical. Not like they couldn't drink water, right? What I what I want to simply demonstrate is that Jesus, his miracle was meeting a need that was to save people from social embarrassment. Did you see that? Isn't that interesting? And then in John chapter 3, what do you see Jesus doing? Who's Jesus ministering to in John chapter 3? Nicodemus. Nicodemus was what kind of an individual? A Pharisee. He, he was, what kind of need was Jesus working on with him? Spiritual need. So, if we're thinking about this and putting it into context of how can we minister, how can we follow Christ's method alone, which will bring true success, right? How can we do it? Look for ways to meet the needs of people. It may be a social need that you need to fulfill. It could be like Nicodemus, a spiritual need. Some people feel their spiritual needs acutely. I mean, they're ready for Bible studies the first time that you meet them. They're just deeply in turmoil. How do I know God? What do I do? I want to study the Bible with you five days a week. I mean, that's not the normal person, right? But those kind of people are there. And they just always, they're spiritually so hungry. What other kind of needs are there? Let's look at John chapter 4. What kind of need is Jesus dealing with 
with the woman at the well. What kind of woman was this, by the way? A what? A prostitute? I heard that. Okay. And what else? Where was she from? Samaria. Did Jews and Samaritans get along well? No. No? So Jesus was, again, doing what he loved to do, mingling with people, showing his sympathy for people, breaking down all the barriers that the world was trying to put up around that time. And he was going through that. And what was he ministering to here? What kind of need? It's kind of a dual purpose. I mean, there was two needs that Jesus was covering. Emotional, for sure, right? I mean, she was a wreck. Emotionally, there was so much turmoil going on, so much confusion, so many problems. And so we see that Jesus was turning that Every time Jesus did ministry, he would always turn whatever the need was to spiritual. There would always be a connection. Always be a connection. And so Jesus turns this need, this need that the woman has in emotional. Jesus knows exactly how to get there. He says, well, how many, where's your husband? Right? And what does she say? I don't have any. And Jesus pinpoints it exactly. He said, exactly. You're right. You've had how many? He nails it right there. He knows. He goes right to the point. And then he makes the connection. He brings it home and says, I know exactly what you need. You need living water. You need emotional fulfillment by knowing God and the truth. And so Jesus would always minister to people's physical spiritual, emotional needs. Now, in the world today, we live at a time where many people are sick. I've, I hope that you all know that. I mean, in America, we're in a very bad state of affairs, physically speaking. I mean, people are... How many people are obese in America? It's over 30% now. In America, as you travel around the world, if you come on mission trips with me, if you go to the Pacific Islands, you'll find it's 50% or 60% obesity. I mean, it's amazing. People are suffering from high blood pressure. How many people suffer from high blood pressure? One out of every three, at least, in America. One third. You walk down the street and you think about that when you pass... Every third person, high blood pressure. What's that going to do? Well, they possibly could have a stroke. I mean, many people have such high blood pressure that they're walking time bombs. I mean, really, some serious things could happen. And also, there's a shift in people's thinking. Many people are turning away from pharmaceutical drugs, and they are saying, those are not working. We want something alternative. It's called alternative medicine. Have you heard of it before? Now, alternative medicine, see, God has a right arm for his message, and it's called what? Medical missionary work. Satan has a right arm for his message, too, and he uses health. Do you know what it's called? It's called the New Age Movement. I wish we had four hours more to talk about the New Age. 
invite us to your church and we'll do a seminar, but uh, we don't have enough time. People are interested in alternative things. So we are going to show you at this time, Essie, are you ready to go? Fantastic. We are going to show you some simple, natural remedies. We wanted this last part to be practical. So um, at this time, Essie is going to show us and talk to us about the benefits of something amazing. I like to call it black gold. Essie, would you tell us about this? Well, how many of you have used charcoal before? Wow, we're just, um, we, we don't really need to say anything. It's, it looks like you're all very experienced. We thought it would be kind of fun to have everybody make a charcoal compress. So it, we're gonna, what we're gonna go ahead and do, I'll explain it really briefly. A lot of you, it looks like, have already tried. Um, but we'll show you how to do it, and then if you wanna come to the front, we have all the materials, and you can make your own, and you could use it on each other, and you could um, practice, I guess, uh, um, using it, because it's one of the most effective treatments for so many common ailments. Um, what is probably the most common thing that charcoal helps? Do you folks know? Yes, nausea and vomiting um, due to either a stomach virus or um, gastroenteritis or um, any kind of food poisoning. And you can ingest it, you can use the powder. And usually what we do is we put one to two tablespoons in a glass of water, mix it really well and drink that. And that's for an adult. And for a child, you could do half the dose, you could do one tablespoon, or if they're really small, you could do a teaspoon in about six ounces of water and mix that up and have them drink it. And it doesn't really have a flavor, and so it's, it just looks bad because it's black, but it, it doesn't really taste like much. And my children have no problems at all ingesting it. You could mix it with juice. That's probably the most common use. However, um, charcoal compresses or poultices are very useful. And what are some of the things that you guys have used it for? Can you share with me? Wonderful. Any, it, she said she puts, her husband put some on, on some cotton for the toothache, which is anything that is infected or inflamed, it can be very useful for that, whether it be in the mouth or in any orifice, the nose, or on any part of your skin. Um, if you have really bad stomach cramps, you could make a large poultice, wrap it around your stomach. If you had pneumonia, bronchitis, the flu, you could do one for your lungs. You could do 
some for inflammation of your joints if you know somebody who has gout or has arthritis. Um, if you have a bee sting, an, uh, an animal bite, a cut that's getting swollen and infected for so many different uses. And I have here a really useful book. It's called Charcoal. It's by Agatha Thrash and Calvin Thrash, and they're both physicians who work over in UG Pines. And this is an excellent resource. Um, Ellen White writes about charcoal um, repeatedly in her writings also. And if you go on the internet, it's very easy to find exactly how to make poultices and various uses of charcoal. So why don't we go ahead and show you really quickly how to do that. I think what we'll do is I'll take myself off the mic and we'll just have everyone who wants to come and make it just come and make it with me. Would that be okay? And because we have two tables up front, we're just gonna have you come and be at one of the two tables so that we can do it on the tables because it can get a little bit messy. So we thought it'd be good to have it at the tables. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna start the next part of our program. We're not completely finished. I hope that you all uh, enjoy charcoal. I have seen it do amazing things. When I was uh, 19 years old, I went as a student missionary to the jungle of the Philippines. And when I first went there, I learned, uh, well, I should say I went there and I was studying to be a physician assistant. And I went there and I ran a jungle clinic. And so for the first year, I had all kinds of people coming in from all over the place. And I would give them all kinds of tablets and pills. And I was reading where there is no doctor and uh, the drug reference guide to make sure I wasn't killing people. Um, it was, yeah, it was intense. But then finally, I myself got sick and I started say, having a change in my mind. I said, you know, there's got to be a, a better way than just giving tablets for everything. I mean, it was so sad for me to think that once I left, all of these people that I was ministering to would have no access to any kind of health care. I mean, they had already thrown out all their traditional ideas, and they were completely dependent upon my little white or green or yellow or purple pills. And I said, this is wrong. There is something wrong. So I started reading Ministry of Healing. I got a book called Home Remedies by Dr. Agatha Thrash and her late husband, and it was an excellent book. So I started saying, my clinic is changing. I'm not using the, all these tablets anymore. I'm using charcoal. They said, what are you doing? They were used to this. Um, but now, after as the years have gone by, I have seen charcoal do amazing things, not only for myself with infections of different kinds, uh, but I remember those different machete wounds that people would come to my bamboo hut with these nasty infected wounds, clean it off, do hydrotherapy, which we're going to talk about, put on some charcoal poultices. These babies would come with all kinds of boils on their heads and just crazy stuff that I'd never seen before. And charcoal and prayer and God's natural remedies did great things. The next part here, just for a few minutes, I'm going to talk about hydrotherapy. And hydrotherapy is phenomenal. Simply using water as treatment. So we're going to talk a little bit about hydrotherapy 
here. First of all, we want to encourage you with the fact that natural remedies are available to everyone. They're natural remedies and they're available to everyone, easily incorporated into a lifestyle and inexpensive and yet highly effective. I worked for five years with Wildwood Lifestyle Center and Hospital and we saw all kinds of miracles take place through a hydrotherapy and the use of charcoal and herbs. People with diabetic neuropathy, you know what that is? People can't feel their legs anymore and they're at great risk of injury and then getting that diabetic foot that we saw earlier. Those kind of things are helped greatly with hydrotherapy, especially what I'm going to show you here. Just very quickly, I'm going, I'm going to skip some of these things um, for sake of time, but water has amazing advantages. There are no side effects to hydrotherapy unless you burn someone. I mean, then you get a side effect, obviously, and, uh, or you freeze someone and give them frostbite, but basically no side effects. Easily applied and there are no toxins or waste products. What do you say about that kind of a therapy? Have you all read through some of the drug interactions? Have you seen the, the uh, uh, physician desk reference or have you just taken out one of the, what, how, um, how big are those things? You know those things that fold out and you have like a map you can put on your wall that come in the drugs? You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen those before? Have you read those and all the side effects that are there? Really quite frightening, but water doesn't have those kind of things. Water and hydrotherapy can actually eliminate the toxins instead of adding more toxins there. So I want to share with you the contrast bath. The contrast bath is a very, very simple thing that you can do. And if you can understand these simple principles of hydrotherapy that I'm sharing right here, you can do hydrotherapy anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter if you are in a hotel where you have the most luxurious conditions or if you are in a mud hut with me out in Africa somewhere. If you understand the points, the principles, it will work anywhere. If you add heat to a blood vessel, what happens to it? It expands, it opens up, the blood starts flowing more. And then if you add ice, what happens to it? constricts, just like you've seen there. And so Ellen White made a statement that said, perfect health requires perfect circulation. Many issues that are going on in people are circulatory problems. And especially if there's an injury and you can, you can manipulate this mechanism in the body, you can bring healing so much faster. And we're going to show you exactly how to do that. So why would you want to use a contrast bath? Here are some indications for infections. I mean, I've seen incredible infections just taken care of in a few days with hydrotherapy and charcoal. Many, uh, much of the time, I should say, the prescribed idea would be a heavy dose of antibiotics. Now, I do believe if someone is on their deathbed that, you know, medicine is a, is a good thing to use. But Antibiotics have been overused in much of the world. So we have superbugs. We can't kill them anymore. 
<clears throat> they are antibiotic resistant and it's becoming a serious problem. So hydrotherapy is a wonderful thing for infections. Also for injuries or uh, injuries to muscles or joints and then arthritis and bone fractures. Not when it's in a cast, but when it's out of the cast. You can do hydrotherapy treatments and it will speed the healing of bones. And swelling. Have you noticed that there, there's a lot of elderly people that have swelling, edema? That kind of problem can be taken care of by walking first and foremost, but then hydrotherapy can help in a great way. So that's the equipment needed. Is that hard to find? You see anything really technical there? No, nothing technical. So let's look at the uh, treatment here. Hopefully, maybe my video is not going to play. No, I don't think it's going to play. <clears throat> yep, there it is. All right, so here's the treatment. You make sure the temperature is nice. Close the windows so there's no drafts going on. Have prayer with the individual because Christ is the master physician. Make sure that the water temperature is nice to start with. We like to go between 104 to 110 depending upon the person. She's now putting her arm in that hot water that's there. For three minutes it's going to be there and then switch over to cold ice water. Doesn't that look enjoyable? I wanted every one of you to experience that but I just couldn't think logistically of how to freeze everyone with uh, the ice water here. So she's back in the hot water for three more minutes. The person is, uh, who's helping is adding more hot water there to make sure it stays nice and hot. And then after the uh, three minutes, back to the cold for 30 seconds. This treatment can be done all over the body. I mean, you can do it just on a little joint on the elbow. You can do it with towels. If you do it with towels, it's called a fomentation. But the idea is, is the same. So it can be used with all kinds of infections. That's how, why many people did not die uh, in 1918 during the flu pandemic that spread throughout the world. People who received the hydrotherapy treatments usually survived. Those who were just taking the conventional medical care at that time in 1918, many of them lost their lives. You know, that uh, pandemic killed 18 million people or so. And then rest is important. Our body needs rest. And we need to learn how to rest when we're sick. People need to learn to rest. So resting is very important in that. Precautions, let me just see how much time it's running quickly. Precautions, if there's loss of feeling or if there's poor circulation, which often, often happens in people with diabetes, then you want to be careful with hydrotherapy, with this treatment in particular. So what do you do? You use warm water and cool water. Don't add ice in the cold water and don't get the hot water too hot. Just about 102 degrees if you have a thermometer. Now, if any of you are interested in this type of PowerPoint, we uh, go to churches and we have a training program that we can do over a weekend and we will actually equip 
everyone in the church that comes to the program with some DVDs. So you can have 51 uh, health presentations like this one on a DVD that you can share with anyone who comes to the program. So if any of you are interested in inviting our team to your church, just talk to us and we're happy to come. Does anyone have any questions on this hydrotherapy aspect before we move on to one of our favorite things, which is massage? Yes, question. Uh, well, yeah, that's an excellent question. Uh, the question was, how many sessions of this hydrotherapy do you do? Again, for hot, it's how many minutes? Three minutes. Three minutes hot. For cold, it's how long? 30 seconds. And if it depends upon the uh, disease or what you are working with, but normally we do it between three to five changes of the hot and the cold, and we normally do it just like someone would take a pill. If they would take it twice a day, we do it twice a day. Or antibiotics is sometimes three times a day, and so you do the treatment three times a day. Kind of evened out so your body can get a boost, it can rest, it can get a boost, and then it can rest, and that's how we do the hydrotherapy. And we do it until the condition is, has resolved itself. So you said three times? Three to five times with the contrast bath. Yes. And then for how long do they rest? And they rest for 10 to 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be super long, but there needs to be a period of rest before someone jumps out into uh, heavy activity again. Yeah. Excellent question. Any other questions on hydrotherapy before we move into massage? Okay. Julie, my wife is going to now lead us in one of the most exciting parts. People love massage, so I'm assuming that you will as well. You want the video? Hmm? You want the video? No. Nope. Do I need it? What do you think? Okay. I'm going to show you something that we call a five-minute anti-stress massage or a five-minute chair massage. This is the kind of massage that you can do in a public setting where everyone keeps their clothes on. And it's excellent for relieving tension and exhaustion and fatigue and tight muscles. So I'd like to have a volunteer. I saw you first. Now don't worry, everyone's going to get a massage in here that would like one. I sit here? Yeah. Okay. What I want you to do is everyone else, I want you to find a partner who that you are either married to or you're the same gender. And I want you to set yourselves up just like this so that the person receiving the massage can put their head down on this chair. So everyone find a partner. One of you will receive the massage, one of you will give, and then we will switch. <laughs> this can be fun. I'm trying to hold this. You want to hold it?
One or two? What you what you're going to do is you're going to have the person lean forward because you need access to their back. You need access to their back. So have them lean forward. They can put their arms on the chair in front of them and just rest their head there. Oh, I'm supposed to rest my head. <laughs> you can grab, grab one of those chairs. Okay. Does everyone have a partner? Everyone who wants a massage? What about you? You'll watch? Okay. Can everyone see me? Okay. What you're going to do first is you want to warm up the muscles. It's best to prepare the body to be squeezed and to touch. So you just, you do like a butterfly pattern over their shoulders and over their back like this with firm pressure. And you can do this about five times. This warms up the muscles and prepares them for the rest of the massage. You feel comfortable so far? Okay. So after you do that a few times, then the place of most tension is the shoulders. And so you knead the shoulders like you're kneading bread. It's kind of like circles. And you just do this. And it's very important in massage to always ask your patient or your person there, does this feel okay? Do you want more pressure? Yes? Okay. And some people may want less pressure. Some people are very tender. This is, how's this? Okay. Some people want a lot of pressure. You can go out to the shoulders and squeeze the shoulders down a little bit on the deltoids there. This one I spend about a minute and a half to two minutes, which is most of the, it receives most of the time of the five minute massage. The other thing you can do is you can take your thumb and your two first fingers and do circles on the neck. And just do a massage on the neck. If you need to, you can hold their head. Just kind of go up and down. How does it, does it hurt? Oh. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure if she was screaming in pain or screaming for pleasure. It was pleasure. You can do, there's two bones on the base of the skull. They're called occipital bones. You can do circles around those. That gets tight there. <laughs> okay. So then after you do this kneading or petrissage, then there's another stroke called the, um, now I'm having a memory lapse. Rodney, where'd you go? Okay, palm pressure. You take your palm and you're going to do circles on either side of the spine. In massage, you wanna be careful not to put pressure on the spine because of the nerves there. But you can go on either side of the spine and just do circles. Slower circles tend to feel the best. Again, you can ask how the pressure is. Is it okay? Okay. 
So you can go up and down on either side of the spine. And I'm showing you this, it's taking longer than five minutes to show you, but if you were to do this at a health program, for example, you would want to be sensitive to the time so that people can continue their day. And even just five minutes makes a lot of difference. <laughs> the next stroke is one of the funnest ones. It's called topotment, or you can call it hacking. Where you hack on their body, you just use this part of your hand, just the pinky, top of the pinky, down to where the, the main joint is there. You do it rapidly and you don't do it, you do it hard but not too hard. You're not trying to hurt them. Alternating back and forth, a quick rapid stroke there. In these kinds of strokes where you're hitting the person, you want to be careful over the kidneys, which are right below the ribs, as well as the spine. Another type of tapotment that you can do is cupping. And this one you make as much noise as you can. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like it when people sing or say something. This is number five, is a feather stroke or a nerve stroke. Pretend your fingers are like feathers and you very, very barely, you touch them and you're actually, if you tickle them, that's a good thing. So you just wanna very hardly touch them, go over the whole area that you've been massaging. Hey, this is working well. Just like you warm up the muscles to begin with, this prepares the muscles to not be touched anymore. So after you do that a few times, you just take your hands off, and hopefully they're more relaxed than when you started. Thank you. You're welcome. So now, now you need to switch. I don't know how to do it. Do you want to practice on me? Okay. Or, or maybe, maybe, maybe we can, yeah, because you didn't get to watch it. Someone else do it. Okay. I'll let them do it. Okay. So everyone, trade your partner. Okay, so now I'm going to. If someone else wants a massage, I'll be happy to demo on you. <laughs> Rodney can demo on you. You're going to demonstrate once more? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that'll be good. Okay. So, tell me what the first thing is that you do. Warm up. Warm up the muscles. So, can you hold that for me? Okay. So, you warm up the muscles. You can do like five times. Does that feel okay? <laughs> And then what is number two? Uh, 
couple of you have. Kneading or squeezing the shoulders. It's called petrissage. This is where you want to ask, do you want it harder or softer? Softer. Okay. That's okay. You never know with each person. She she wanted it harder and she wants it softer, so you never know. This is just like a squeezing with your hand and your thumb back and forth. Then you can move out to the shoulders. Is this okay so far? Yeah. If they fall asleep, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> and then after you do that for a while, you can do the neck, which is the thumb and the first two fingers doing circles up the neck. You can massage the <laughs> massage the occipital bones there. Those two bones at the base of the skull. What is number three? Okay, palm pressure, circles with your palm on either side of the spine. This is another one where you want to make sure the pressure is okay. How's this pressure? Harder? Okay. Then you can go up and down on either side of the spine. Oops, is that tickle? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Something that you will notice if you ever do massage, in the, in the idea of using it as a ministry, people who are getting a massage, they will open up and they'll start talking about their life and sharing these things that they never tell other people. <laughs> and you don't, you actually don't even have to ask. Um, <laughs> this, this massage is so short that it may not um, create a lot of conversation, but if you're giving a longer massage, people often, they'll just start talking to you because you're touching them and, and they feel comfortable with you, you're being gentle with them. I had a friend just a couple weeks ago in Guatemala she was giving a massage to a girl on her legs and she was just being quiet and the girl just started telling her these issues that were on her mind all these all these things that she was struggling with and it was amazing okay number four karate chops all right karate chops hacking is this okay okay <laughs> Again, you want to be careful with the kidneys, which are right below the rib cage and the spine. Sing a song. <laughs> and then cupping. This is the one where you can really sing a song. <laughs> Okay, and the final one, number five. What is number five? Uh, the feather. Yes, feather stroke. Oh no. Feather. Oh no. This one, 
prepares the muscles to not be touched anymore. And if it tickles, that is good. Good. Okay, any questions about that? Is that easy to do? Does that feel good? Good. Okay. Probably not. Probably not. Just with that short massage, but it might be a little bit improved. Yeah, let me. It's yeah, it's not gone. Sorry. No, it's okay. I want it. I need you to hurt it so I can be gone. Yeah, it'll take several massages. Okay. Okay. Thank you all. Thank you very, very much for participating. You're going to finish. Thank you. Good job. We're going to finish uh, it. prayer. And if any of you have any further questions for us, you are most welcome to ask whatever uh, question you may have after we're done, but it's 5.30, so we do want to finish on time. And for everyone who's here, we have Christian service. The book is right there at the back. You can just pick up a copy on your way out. That's our gift to you. We hope that you will read the book and that you will implement the beautiful truths that are there. And again, we're available uh, to talk if you have any other questions. As we finish our seminar this evening, you know, I am always impressed with the life of John the Baptist. What about you? John the Baptist prefigured what God wants his people to be in the last days. Do you believe that? He had a very powerful message to share with people. He had a very profound impact upon his world. Do you want to have that same impact? Do you want to have that same influence upon people? That's what God wants for each one of us. John was not afraid to stand before the kings of his time and to denounce sin. In a loving way, of course, but he still was not afraid to speak, was he? He had a message from God and he delivered his message. But the only way that he could stand tall and to speak to the kings of the earth is because he spent time on his knees with the king of kings. And I encourage you to do the same thing. So I want to invite you as we finish our seminar together to bow with me and on our knees together pleading for God's Holy Spirit. I want to give you a little bit of time individually to pray and then after a time of silence I will finish with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you very much for your great love and the mercy that you have given to us for so long. We know that Every breath that we have taken today has been a gift from you and our hearts are beating because of your sustaining grace. Lord, please forgive us for our sins. Help us to be more 
cognizant, to understand more clearly how sin hurts you. Help us to live our life in a way that brings you glory all the time. That truly, whether we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, we will do it all to your glory. That by our lives, we can hasten the coming of Jesus. Please be with your church. Please be with everyone in this room. You know, we each have different struggles. I pray that the promises of your word will enable us to become partakers of the divine nature and to escape the corruption that's in this world through lust. Thank you so much again for your grace. Please be with us now as we go uh, to the evening hours. May we remember the beauty of your Sabbath and keep your Sabbath holy. Thank you again for everyone who has come here. May your Holy Spirit put the truth deeply in our minds that we will never forget how you have led us in the past. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.